This is Marcus da Costa, pastor of House of Israel UK, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I also want you to know that the message you're about to hear will inspire, challenge, and provoke you unto the kingdom of God's citizenry. So listen carefully, take good notes, and I hope you'll be richly blessed by this message. So brothers and sisters, what I've been speaking about for some time is this journey of transformation. One of the phrases that I've referenced recently is primary kingdom socialization. What both of them describe is a metamorphosis that takes place. Now, when an individual is born, they are born into into ultimately carnality, born into sin. They are molded and shaped by their parents, by their peers, by their environment, by their culture. And as a consequence, you can go to various different lands and though children remain children, what is normal for a child in the East is different from what is normal for a child in the West. And so this journey of transformation is one where Yeshua will approach a discipleship candidate and say, follow me. The purpose for following me is the detachment of who they were prior to hearing the call. Who they were prior to hearing the call can be a setup for who they are after they hear the call. But there is a transformation. See, Peter, James and John were fishermen. When they received the call, they became fishers of men. So in that case, father used the experience of the candidate to give them insight into this spiritual kingdom for them to be able to discern what they have to do. And primary kingdom socialization is when you are born into this family, this household. But you are receiving the norms, the values, the truths, the notion of just and what is reality and what's possible in life from the kingdom. And that is initiated when you join the household of God. 
Yeshua's teaching methodology, therefore, is one where you learn from what he does, he says, and you have to therefore replicate it. And it has to be lasting. Because if you consider, in the case of the apostles, they physically saw him, they physically heard him, and he commanded them to do what he did. And that process of transformation continued, though he ascended. The disciples of Yeshua, therefore, were given a demonstrable, a demonstratable trust and reliance upon the word. They were shown a living, breathing example of someone who was dependent on the Father and as a consequence brought about the accomplishment of the Word. And because they saw it with their own eyes and because it was a process, it was part of the process of primary kingdom socialization, this journey of transformation, they were being grafted into that model. They were being shown to trust in the word, to trust in the most high. And what Yeshua says in Luke chapter 18, verse 31, is an example of this. Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Now it's important to recognize here, prior to Yeshua making this statement, the disciples of Yeshua have expressed fear to go into Jerusalem, knowing those in Jerusalem want Yeshua dead. So the disciples of Yeshua know the environment and the atmosphere, what it is like in Jerusalem and Yeshua, knowing what the disciples felt about Jerusalem and not going there because they, of Jerusalem, wanted him dead. He leads them and tells them, this is where we are going. And he gives them the reason why this is where we are going. 
to accomplish the word. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Now when I consider this and I understand what discipleship is. I'm reminded of how adults typically will train their children to overcome fear. You may have children who are afraid to do something. And as an adult, because you may have overcome that fear, or because, because you trust in your ability to not be hurt or to preserve the safety of the child you are with, Though the child is aware of the danger, the adult may encourage them to overcome it. You see pictures and videos and you may have been in this experience yourself where, for example, you're trying to encourage a child to jump. The child don't want to jump. You've got your arms there, your arms are out, you're encouraging the child to jump from the side of the pool into the water. The child is afraid. In such a case, you have the experience, the understanding and the trust in your ability to see that child from the edge of the pool into your arms. But the child who is ill-experienced has never overcome this fear, doesn't necessarily trust yet. And part of what Yeshua is doing is teaching his disciples that what takes preeminence is the accomplishment of the word. And for the word to be accomplished, his disciples are going to have to overcome fear because the word's accomplishment requires there to be witnesses. Now, there are a whole heap of witnesses who are giving erroneous statements. But Yeshua and the Father desired to, there to be truthful witnesses of the resurrection and as a consequence Yeshua knowing that he had to accomplish what was written in the prophets regarding the son of man needed to take his disciples with him and as a result his disciples are going to need to overcome their fear of going to Jerusalem. If one is to be born of above, the discipleship process necessitates the confronting of the fear of death, persecution and affliction. Because to be a child of God, 
you'll need to have received the word. You'll need to have received the word that describes the manifold blessings that come with persecution for the gospel and Messiah's namesake in addition to eternal life. Yeshua's purpose was primary kingdom socialization. Therefore, what took preeminence in the accomplishment is the accomplishment of the word Father's will. As Yeshua's disciples, we are being led up to Jerusalem. Despite the looming threats, they would not only see the word's divine accomplishment, but be a part of it. No, brothers and sisters, as disciples of Yeshua, you have your own Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a place where prophets were killed. Was a place where the saints of the Most High were martyred. And the people of Jerusalem would journey from the geological location and pursue those who claim faith in the Messiah. Yeshua took his disciples there because it accomplished the word. The Most High has some words which he has communicated to his children. However, his children are fearful of the ramifications of going to the place they need to be to accomplish the word. That's why, brothers and sisters, Yeshua never went to Jerusalem by himself. He turned and said to the people, behold, we are going to Jerusalem. We are going to Jerusalem because there's some things that they're going to do to me. But you need to be a part of this process so you can overcome your own fear of death, persecution and affliction. Because what you're going to see take place with me is going to seed in you the conquering of fear. And going back to the analogy, it's like the child who is fearful of jumping into the water and the adult says, come, just watch me, watch me. I'll do it. Wee! Jumps in the water. Watch. There's nothing to be afraid of. Or you may have another child who's conquered this fear. Come and watch Johnny. Johnny, come here. Show, show Bobby how, how, how to do this. 
You cannot let fear bully you. Because the spirit of fear is a bully. The spirit of fear is a bully who is very familiar to the overwhelming majority of people in this earth. It is a means by which individuals are controlled. And you must recognize that the Most High hasn't given you that spirit of fear. So if he hasn't given you that spirit of fear, then where does it come from? Recognize not all spirits come from the Most High. They're not all sent by the Most High. And Yeshua... What he's doing is he's showing his disciples. Now, this is how you overcome fear. This is how you invoke victory in your life. The word says, this is where, this is when, and this is how the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the Holy One is going to be treated, is going, what is going to experience, and as a consequence, the kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Luke 18 verse 33, and they shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid. This is crypto. It means to conceal. Properly by covering. To hide. Keep secret. Secretly. So this. They didn't understand what Messiah was saying to them. It was hidden from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. Somehow, brothers and sisters, Yeshua is communicating to his disciples What's going to take place before it takes place and yet they don't understand. It's concealed from them. But how many of you know that father makes it known the end from the beginning? The ending of the story is known from the beginning and it is revealed and yet people don't understand. It's concealed from them. It's hidden from them. There are things, brothers and sisters, that the Most High will say to you plainly and you are discombobulated and perplexed because it is hid from you. 
And yet, though it is hid from you, though this saying was hid from them, because these individuals were the elect, they continued to follow Yeshua. They continued to follow Yeshua. Though it was hidden from them, Though they were fearful of going into Jerusalem because they knew the threatenings that the, the Jews had against the Messiah, they followed him to Jerusalem. This, brothers and sisters, separates the elect, the called, the chosen one, the saints of the Most High from those other disciples. The other disciples were following Yeshua as long as there was bread. The other disciples were following Yeshua as long as the, uh, the, the, the manifestation of glory was taking place and they could say, ooh, ah, they can be amazed and entertained. But what about that period of time where you have to confront fear? Where you might have to get a bloody nose. Or a scraped up knee. Or that time of sacrifice. And the time where your backbone is tested. What about those times? Are you going to follow Yeshua then? That's the time where the, those who are sprinkled um, amongst the stony ground, that's the time when it's made manifest. This, 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 is, this is, there's not enough root here. It's getting too hot for us. This, the, the roots are not deep enough. Those sprinkled among the, uh, the thorny ground, the word's getting choked up. The cares of this world is, is, is choking up the fruitfulness now. But we're dealing with the elect. Who these things were hidden from and yet they continue to follow. They didn't understand but what, what they did understand is. Uh, he has the words of life. I don't understand what's going on but he has the words of life. I don't understand it but this is the Messiah. And so, Messiah's going to Jerusalem, I'm going to Jerusalem. There's nothing behind me, I'm going forward with him. This is why we have to be willing to forsake all. We have to, put, we have to do what Matthew did, and when the call comes to come and follow, push all that stuff aside, get up and follow him. Follow the call. You have to be willing to burn your bridges behind you. To burn the ships behind you. And know that there is one way to go and that is to press forward for the mark. But let's consider what it says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7.
We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. In the case of the apostles, Father's wisdom was spoken by the prophets long before Messiah Yeshua manifested in the flesh. But in much the same way, the wisdom which was spoken through the prophets were hid, was hid from the apostles, the twelve, it was also hid from those who would be instrumental to his crucifixion. Now, if I, if I, if I consider what that means for, for us today, there are things which Father will reveal in his word about his people, which you can read about his people. But what he has written in his word about his people, you may not appreciate. He is speaking to you with regards to your very life. However, the key component to being the elect is the recognition that I may not be able to see far off in this particular area in my life, but I'm going to trust in what is written. I'm going to just trust in the word. I'm going to just trust in the fact that Messiah said, I, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the world. And as a consequence, though I don't know what is on the other side of this mountain, I'm going to follow him. The reason why the Most High may keep things concealed from you, because if you knew when you was at the base of the mountain, how hard it would be for you to get to the peak. You may not want to go. You may not want to, 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 to go on that journey. It's too, there's too many demons on this journey. There's too many family members. There's too many friends I have to give up. Too much persecution. There's too, too much of it that I have to sacrifice. But remember, every single step of the way, you are being, you're, you're growing up. You're maturing. 
And if you've ever had children, sometimes you, you, you'll wake up in the morning and you'll look at them and think, your face has changed. You've gotten bigger. Day by day, when you're walking with the Father in, in obedience, there is growth. Even if you can't see it, there is growth. There is this maturing process that takes place in primary kingdom socialization. And though you may not see afar off exactly where you are going, if you're trusting him, he can go before you and make sure the end that he has in mind for you will come to pass. So though it was hidden from them, it was hidden from them for their good. And the good was that they would mature, they would grow, and for the remainder of their lives, they would be steadfast, having seen with their own eyes the arrest, been in the environment where they would hear and know the crucifixion, heard witness about how the stone was put over the sepulchre. It was guarded by Roman soldiers. He was dead, he was buried. On the third day, we saw him with our own eyes. He ate with us, he spoke to us. And over this period of 40 days, he opened up our understanding pertaining to the things which were written and then we saw him ascend into the heavens. That's life changing. But to get to that point of being changed so that he can ascend and leave the mature children to complete the work. There's this overcoming that needed to take place. Psalm 22 verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Now I'm going to jump to verse 7, but I encourage you to, to, uh, to read between this whole chapter. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake their heads saying, he trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. Seeing he delighted in him. Verse 15. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue cleaved to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, 
They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. And in verse 18, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. In Zechariah 13 verse 7, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith Jehovah of hosts. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. The wisdom of God was hid from the disciples in order to facilitate its accomplishment. And now having seen the resurrection, their witness affirmed to this day that the word of Jehovah is true, fulfilled, and that Yeshua lives. As a father, Jehovah desires your growth. All the while understands you're but flesh and blood. He'll use the situation, environment and circumstances to prove and fortify you unto his image and likeness. Just like he did with the apostles. See, Messiah, who is the word made flesh. He had understanding of the things which the law, the prophets, the Psalms spoke of regarding him. And as a consequence, understood the necessity of those things coming to pass. It's for this cause that he went to Jerusalem. He brought his disciples with him because though he said it is finished, the part of the it is finished, which was finished, was the ministry and sacrifice that he would give up until that point. But then he resurrected. And his ministry continued. Then he ascended. And he delegated the responsibility of his ministry to his disciples. Now his disciples. Who saw his ministry. Were witnesses of his death, burial and resurrection and ascension. Now are as affirmed. In the accomplishment of the word as he was. Because now if we get to the book of Acts chapter 3 and beyond. The same people who crucified Yeshua. They are saying to these individuals. Who are we supposed to obey? God or man? They don't care anymore 
for the, for the beatings or the, the threatenings of the religious leaders, they understand that the same resurrection power that rose Yeshua from the dead, if his spirit be in them, will rise them also. The impact this should have for us is that you can consider the situations that you are in the midst of or as that are presented before you like a, your own Jerusalem. Father has a calling on your life. He's impressing on you. He's, he's giving you the unction to do something. But what I have to do involves me overcoming my own Jerusalem. Overcoming and, 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 and pressing through and defeating this bully called fear. And the moment you beat this particular bully called fear, because fear is a spirit, there's another one right behind it. And fear seemingly stands at the gate of victory and you won't necessarily encounter the victory unless you overcome this bully called fear. But once you overcome one bully called fear, you can overcome the next. Why? Because to overcome the first fear in your life, You've had to come to some kind of revelation that this spirit of fear has no control, has no power, has no right over you as an individual unless you give it place, unless you give it license. And once you have that understanding, and once you come to that revelation, it's no different to like how it may have been. I know people and have been in a certain space in my own life where you may be afraid of certain situations and certain people. You, you may not like to be in certain situations, situations of confrontation. You may not like confrontation. You may not like um, situations where you have to confront people because 
those situations can be dangerous. But once you've confronted fear, once you've, I, I, I used to, like years ago now, I haven't, I haven't done it for a while, but years ago I, I did, I've done various forms of martial arts, years ago. I did karate, like Kokushinkai karate. For a short period of time I've done judo. For a short period of time I did Silat. Prior to, prior to, but yeah, I say prior to that, but I, I even did that as a child and I missed, I stopped doing it for a long, long period of time and then I went back to it as an adult and then I, Having done that, what that has like taught me is you rehearse getting punched in the face, getting kicked, getting punched in the stomach, being thrown, being elbowed, all of that kind of stuff. So you rehearse that. Now the kind of karate that I did is where you, you, you could do full contact karate. So you wouldn't punch to the face, but you would you could kick to the face and stuff like that. So you you are rehearsing getting hit. And after a while, you 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 have because you've rehearsed it so much, you just become familiar with with what it feels like. You become familiar with you get desensitized from the threat of the unknown because you know what someone can do you become you're able to judge the distance of someone's hands how 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 far their legs can go and you know you can only get hit if this person comes in this direction and if they if your hands are down but what if you put your hands up can they hit you and what that does is that helps you to be in situations where someone may be acting in a confrontational way but you are no longer afraid. You may not want to be in confrontation. You may not want to be in a, in a fight or in an argument but even when you are, you are not fearful because you've, you've rehearsed it, you've drilled it. Um, many times before. Now bringing this back to following Yeshua. Yeshua is leading them to Jerusalem where they know the people in Jerusalem want their master dead. This is, this is as bad as it can get in the natural realm. You have Jerusalem who are in cahoots with Rome. But once they saw Yeshua risen from the dead, and once he opened their understanding pertaining to the things that was written, you see a kind of transformation 
in the disciples of Yeshua. Where during that period of time between resurrection and ascension, their minds have been completely renewed. They've been changed. They've been transformed. They now recognize that what Messiah said before this final transformation process is true. Don't fear the one who can kill the body only. Fear the one who can put your soul into the lake of fire. Don't be afraid of the loss of those things which we spoke about. Husbands, wives, lands, homes, brethren, mothers, father. Because many of those things which you will lose, you will get a hundredfold in this life and in the world to come, eternal life. Messiah going to Jerusalem was a case study for that, for the, for the apostles. Matthew 20, 20. Matthew 20, 20. Then came unto him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left, in thy kingdom. But Yeshua answered and said, You know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, we are able. Now, I wanted to show you in Isaiah what Messiah was about to go through in accordance to the scriptures. Isaiah 53 verse 10. Yet it pleased Jehovah to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of Jehovah shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul. And shall be satisfied by the knowledge. Shall the righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. See, the question that was asked by James and John's mother was for her sons to sit on the right and left hand. But the one who sits at the head of the table in the kingdom sits at the head of the table at the, in the kingdom because 
of what he went through to get into the kingdom. Now we know the legend and the traditions and the, and the narratives that describe outside of the Bible some of the things the apostles went through to, to, to meet their demise. <laughs> Excuse me. In the Bible, we know the prophets and what they went through. The apostles and prophets will sit down with Messiah Yeshua in the kingdom. But for them to enter in the kingdom, because they were citizens and they were socialized unto, unto heaven, and they had to be a voice for the king of heaven while on earth, they experienced some persecution. This is what Isaiah 53 is describing. And because of what Messiah went through, being marred beyond any man, he sits at the head of the table. And yet, Though the apostles said, we understand what we have to do to enter in. We understand the cup we have to drink from. We understand the baptism we have to, the immersion we have to go through to get at that table. It wasn't Messiah's to give. To sit at the table in the kingdom requires forsaking all to follow Yeshua, the carrying of the cross daily, denying of the flesh and the experience of persecution. 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Messiah Yeshua shall suffer persecution. You have so many wars across the world. <laughs> you have the notion of East versus West. The clash of cultures. You have the differences between Europe and the United States and those nations of the Middle East. We have socialism and communism, which are, is fueling conflict. You have Judeo-Christianism and Islam fueling conflict. You have all this stuff which becomes the bedrock of contention and war. But in the kingdom, you have light and darkness. You have light and darkness. And from the very beginning, the Most High is able to speak light to push darkness at bay. And so 
the forces of darkness will try to steal the word, try to kill the word, try to destroy the word that is being spoken through the flesh and bone man, woman or child. persecution, affliction. And so, how do you get at the table in the kingdom? Well, you want to get at the table, you want to sit down, you want to eat, you want to sup, you want to hang out with, with the, the apostles and prophets. Are you willing to go into this Jerusalem? Are you willing to accomplish the word of the Father in your own life. If you are, you're going to have to confront the devil. The devil is making war with the remnant of the woman's seed. Who keep the commandment of God and have the faith of Yeshua. Are you going to resist him? Or are you going to worship him? If you resist him. Keeping the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua. He will make war with you. But though. He makes war with you. Do you believe you already have the victory? He is already defeated. His defeat took place all them years ago. He already has been placed underneath your feet. You know, there are people who may be scared of spiders. Now, if you live in the UK, why are you scared of spiders? What spider could you be scared of? Now, I've seen some video of spiders in Australia. And I'm not going to say that's a reason to be scared of spiders, but at the same time, you may have some ground to be uncomfortable <laughs> in that kind of environment. But nonetheless, there are people who are scared of spiders. And when they see the spider run across the room, they get hysterical. They may jump up and down and run around and scream and so on and so forth. And it's like, that's illogical. 
when you are reacting in that way, you have left the realm of reason and logic and are pressing play on a program that don't even make sense. Now, in the word, it tells you that you have been given authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. You can trample them. But when it's speaking about that, it's pointing us to the fact that we have authority over the works of the devil. And if that be the case, surely whatsoever we do, if we are of him, should prosper. Though it may be hid from us. In Matthew 20 verse 23. Matthew 20 verse 23. And he said unto them. Ye shall indeed. Ye shall drink indeed of my cup. And be baptized with the baptism. I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand. And on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Yeshua called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Diakonos. Minister. Attendant, waiter at a table or in menial duties. A Christian teacher. A pastor. Technically a deacon or a deaconess. A servant. Let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you. Let him be your servant. A slave. Doulos. In, in, involuntary. Voluntary. In a qualified sense of subjection. Subserviency, bondman. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto diacona, to be attended, waited upon, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Now, Yeshua knew because he understood the word. It wasn't hid from him. 
On a personal level, there's no good thing waiting for him in Jerusalem. I read Isaiah, I read Zechariah. There is no good thing waiting for him. I read Psalm 22. There are many more scriptures that Messiah, who is the word made flesh, would know exactly what is going to happen to him when he gets in Jerusalem. But Messiah also knows to be chief in the kingdom. To be great in the kingdom, you need to be a minister. You need to be a servant. Not like unto the, unto the ministers, which you may see or may hear of branded today as a minister who has a man walking behind him, carrying his bag, his, his armor bearer, carrying his laptop, his iPad, people waiting on him because though he's called a minister, he is, in the, he is being served. He's propped up himself. Much like Messiah said, the Gentiles do. You take the branding of the Bible and overlay it with a Gentile system which is manipulating the scripture to mine control, power and influence over people. Messiah is, is teaching his disciples, you want to be chief in the kingdom? You want to be great in the kingdom? You want to sit on this table? You need to minister. You need to serve. You need to wait on. You need to do those things for others and for the father who is in heaven. That people who haven't fully submitted themselves and humbled themselves and gone through this process of mortifying the flesh, you have to be willing to do those things they're not willing to do. So when Messiah is, is walking up to Jerusalem, he recognizes his role and responsibility is to give his life for ransom for many. So he's going to Jerusalem for the 12. He's going to Jerusalem for the 12 and the, the myriad of people who the 12 is going to teach. He's going to Jerusalem for the 120 in the room, for the 500 who saw him while, after he, is, he resurrected. He's going to Jerusalem for the world. He is bound by the accomplishment of the scripture, by the accomplishment of the word. He is bound by duty to overcome any fear he may have of being marred beyond any man. Being mocked at, scoffed at, having his beard pulled out, being scourged, being beaten, 
being spat upon, being crucified. As a servant, as a bondman, as a slave, as a minister, he recognizes what he has to do. He goes about its accomplishment. James and John, their mother, thought all we have to do is ask. You know, if we're willing to ask, we shall receive. But this is the kind of thing where you actually have to put the groundwork in if you want to get to the table. If you want to eat and sup and sit in the kingdom, you have to put the groundwork in. You have to be willing to minister. You have to be willing to serve. You have to be willing to comply to the directives of the Most High. And in order to do that, we have to confront fear of persecution, fear of loss, fear of death. Our lives are bound up and packaged in a way where we are trained from a youth how to fit in society, into society. Well, who determines what society is? Who determined that? Well, it was the, 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 this notion of society comes from the mind of men. Have a conversation with someone from another country. Ask them about the education system. It's different. If I speak to, to my brothers and sisters in the United States of America, even though internationally we may be called cousins, like the US and the UK, their education system is completely different from our education system. Their healthcare system is completely different from our healthcare system. Their, their um, benefit system is completely different from our benefit system. Their political structure is completely different from our political structure. I can tell you what I know about mine through experience. I can only, I, I, I may only be able to, to, to Google how things work over there. In much the same way, whatever society you're brought up in, you're trained and conditioned to how to fit into it. Messiah says to Nicodemus, if you want to enter into this, the kingdom of God, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The, the, the architecture of this world 
the, the, the building blocks of this world as we see it today. Though in the beginning God made heaven and earth, he didn't make the structure of the societies that we live in today. This is not his creation. This is the creation of man and it is inspired by the devil. Which is why the devil can say to Messiah in the wilderness, these kingdoms, if you bow and worship me, I'll give them to you. The kingdoms, the power and the glory thereof. So kingdom socialization is where we have to confront the mechanisms by which people are held in to this society because we desire to be a part of this one. For the prophets, for the apostles, for the Messiah it's himself. It cost them their lives. But consider. Peter. He struggled as a fisherman. We know because on occasion he's saying we've been fishing all night. We've not got anything. Not only he meets Yeshua and his boat is about to sink because of the catch. He becomes a fisher of something so much more valuable. A fisher of men. If you play by the rules of the kingdom of darkness, you are playing within a system and living within a system which ultimately is designed to mine your life source resource, to take it. Whereas this kingdom, the kingdom of the Most High, to be greatest in the kingdom, you will be the least. Who's responsible, therefore, for you to achieve the kind of success in the kingdom of Jehovah's, in the kingdom of Jehovah, to the degree whereby you will supersede anything you could achieve in the kingdoms of this world? So we need to overcome, we need to overcome this fear of death, persecution and affliction. And we need to recognize, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven and it involves you because you are part of the earth. For Yeshua, a place at the head of the table required him to give his life as a ransom for many and to spend it in ministry of others.
in accordance to the word. The disciples of Yeshua needed to be taken to Jerusalem, not only to witness the ransom being paid, but to accomplish, but the accomplishment of scripture pertaining to eternal life. And as a consequence, trust in the word and the most high with their own very lives. Yeshua will therefore lead you to and through Jerusalem, the valley of the shadow of death, in order that you experience the revealing of the word's accomplishment in your life. Thank you for fellowshipping with us today. I hope the word was a tremendous blessing unto you. If it was, then visit our website at hoiuk.com. Subscribe to our newsletter to stay connected. Follow our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And why not fellowship with us live in real time each Saturday at 1pm on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope and DLive. I hope to see you again soon. Shalom.